Hey everybody, I'm Peter, and if I weren't so helpless, those four laser brains wouldn't have left me with him. He keeps whooping my ass at Mario Golf, it's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast where two buds talk batch and postmortem on Mario Call Golf? Batch? Mario Call of Duty, that's the next one. Mario the Call series. of Duty, oh gosh. <laughs> Might play, actually. Yeah, I saw the smile on your face just when I mentioned Mario Golf. You're obsessed. I know. I am. I love Mario Golf so much. I know it's really fun, but I haven't had time to hit the links as much. So I'm really, I'm really dragging. We played in a tournament yesterday. It was. I I shot par, so I'm 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 not feeling bad about myself, but I did get wrecked. Yeah. 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 I think the the leading score was like you know at the end of it all negative. It was like minus nineteen or minus twenty. So. That's the kind of games we're playing, Pete. Jeez, I know. It's wild. Yeah. But that was after 18 holes. After nine holes, it was negative 10. So, yeah. You know. All right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Let's move on. No move yeah. on. Wrong podcast. I know. Oh, let's start a Mario Golf podcast. That I'm doing. Um, <laughs> did you hear? Um, we, we we like to talk about news when it, when it breaks um, just as it comes out, but... There hasn't been much lately, but did you see the trailer for Star Wars Visions? No. It's very cool. I think you're going to be into this. So it was just released. Star Wars Visions. Um, they had talked about doing this, but I think there's six of like the top um, anime studios in Japan, and they're just letting them do an anthology series. And so each one is its own distinct story animated and written by this studio in japan and it looks very creative very cool something star wars has never done before cool um i'm I'm interested i mean it said there it's an anthology series which is what they call like the solo and rogue one stuff so i'm wondering if it'll it's if it's all canon because there's some wild stuff in there that it showed in the preview um and it all looks very cool so I, i would recommend checking out this trailer it's coming in september wow okay wow i'm gonna do that probably right after this yeah, and it's like good good variety. I think they said there's a horror one. There's like a cute, oh, funny nice. one. There's uh, one that's like celebrating traditional Japanese samurai culture um, wow. and like spirituality. So it, it looks like a cool mix. Um, I'm, I'm excited sounds, to check that out for sure. All sounds right up Star Wars Alley. I know, right? I'm, I'm glad that they're, uh, they're, I don't know, they're broadening the horizons of what star wars can be and it it feels very cool to me i'm i'm hoping i feel like star wars is in a period of what does it say a period of turmoil turmoil i feel like that's like something in one of this the crawls um where they're kind of figuring out the direction they want to go because i get the sense they are not happy with how the sequel trilogy turned out and so i hope that they're taking a page from marvel's book and they're starting to get weird it's always yeah. what we've kind of advocated is let creative people tell stories and let them get weird. Yeah, and 100%. That's totally what this feels like and so I hope this is a cool direction for Star Wars in the future. Yeah, the antho- yeah, the uh, the last trilogy was totally designed by like senior leadership. Like <laughs> it wasn't designed by <laughs> yeah. like creative people. It was it felt like they had an idea and they steered it and that's where they went wrong. So I agree, let the let yep. creatives be creative. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. That is all the news we have for right now. I'm sure we will cover it when it starts to come out. Um, But before we get to the meat of this episode... I'm ready. 
Are we going to pop the pack? Okay. We're opening a new pack. This one, pack. This, is, this is the last pack we have, so I might need to try to track some some. I still have more somewhere. cards for you. Next okay. week, we can, next Great. week we'll do yours. Cool. Um, I'm popping an Anakin pack of him. Oh boy! In his oh, this is, pod racer. Yeah, this is card trading. <laughs> nice. I like that. All right. Ooh, I've got a special card. What's my? What's my? What am I? I'm like like two for 18 or something like that yeah that sounds right <laughs> we should have an official tally for this it's um, so bad though but i'm just i just kind of like going through the process so the first card i don't know if I'll, I'll even make you guess this one i just think it's kind of a cool one i think it's a special insert card that is just says episode one on it and it's the picture of Anakin in the desert Aww. with his head down and his shadow is Darth Vader. I always found this to be a very beautiful picture. Yeah, it's one of the most iconic posters and images in all of Star Wars, in my opinion. Yep. Oh, I think it is it like the it says on the back, turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. Maybe that's what I was trying to, wow. to say. Turmoil. Uh, the taxation of the trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. So they're just going over the taxation stuff. But this is, a, this is a very cool picture. Um, so that, that one's a freebie for you. Three for and, 19. Yep. All right. This one. This one can be very ambiguous, but you might be able to get it. It's an iconic part of this scene. I will give you that hint. It is called the lightsaber duel. Think about the most iconic. There's a couple handful iconic scenes in that in the in the duel. Which one yeah. do you think this is? Um, I'm gonna say it's when. Um, let's say it's when Darth Maul is standing in the middle. And you have Qui-Gon po- poised on his left and Obi-Wan on his right. Sorry, holding, Mike. They're all holding pattern there. It's either that or Darth Maul igniting the red on nope, both sides. It's neither. It is the wow. force field after Qui-Gon has get, got got and Obi-Wan is waiting for the force field Love to it. drop to get him Great on moment. the back. It says, as the furious Jedi versus Sith battle continues, Darth Maul leads his two opponents from the hangar into the Theed Power Generator Core, leaping between catwalks, multiple levels, and dodging walls of raw energy. It is an intense duel. So close, but so far away. Yeah. Mostly so far away. <laughs> This one we might have gotten before, um, so I'll still give it to you. Maybe it's another free uh, freebie. This is called The Guardians of Peace. I'll give you a hint. It is toward the beginning of the movie. Jesus. That is so vague. Um, I don't know. The Jedi Council. It's a shot of the Jedi Council. <laughs> no, sorry. It is Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon looking out of the uh, Nabubian is it the Nabubian ship? Wait, no, yeah, it's not sure. Nabubian, it's the, the, uh, the Viceroy's Nemoidian ship. Yeah, they're looking out of the Nemoidian ship before uh, the gas comes out dumb. and they okay. are trying to be guardians of peace. On Give the back me one of this, more. Okay, I'll get one more, but on the back of this one it says two Jedi, Qui-Gon Jinn and his apprentice Obi-Wan Kenobi arrive on a Trade Federation battleship to settle the blockade crisis diplomatically. All right, you want one more? Yeah, give me one more. Oh my gosh! Get, be done with this. We're getting a lot of duplicates. Do you want? Do you want one we've already had? No. Okay. All right. Let me just shuffle it then. 
Okay. Oof. This one, this one might be a trick. Trick might be a trick. But it is called a Jedi Falls. I'm I'm letting you know right off the bat. This is a trick question. It is near the scene that I think your head first goes towards when you when you think about it. When you think about the fallen Jedi in question, but something else is being pictured. I don't know if my hints are helping or making you more confused. Yeah. It is called a Jedi Falls. Um, that's really tough. Uh, think about it more literally. Say, oh, literal? Yeah. How Qui-Gon getting cut in half and falling? <laughs> no, even more literal, literal than that. It is... It is Obi Wan Kenobi fall fell down that little hole right at oh, while he's so dumb. Okay, yeah, like while he's fighting Darth Maul, he's hanging on to the ledge, and Darth this Maul is so literal. Okay. I know, like just before he jumps up and slices Darth Maul in half, he literally fell into a hole. <laughs> I was thinking Obi Wan falling, literally falling. I mean, Qui Gon literally falling. Okay, let's be done with cards. Let's move on. Okay, well, the the back of this one, after a desperate battle, Obi-Wan manages to outwit and finally kill Darth Maul. Qui-Gon's dying wish is that Obi-Wan train Anakin in the ways of the Force, and he vows to do so, despite Yoda's profound reservations. None of that is actually pictured on the card, though, so you got tricked. All right. I just like the back of these cards. I like the descriptions. Do you want to talk about Bad Batch Episode 10, Common Ground? Let us do it. This is a weird one. I think that's the name of my local coffee shop, The Common Ground. Ooh. I get it. It's funny. Yeah. Um, How did you like this episode, Mike? Um, I feel like we're... We, we've talked about this worry that we're rehashing some Mandalorian plot points. And actually, I'm starting to get some worry that we're rehashing some Rebels plot points here. <laughs> this, whoever, What plot points? Um, who is the kind of the outcasted mayor of Lothal or like writer? Oh, writer, writer Azadi. Writer yeah. Azadi. I, I feel like we got introduced to a new writer Azadi character. Yeah, you mean Governor Robin Williams from Jumanji? Yeah, exactly. Like, what uh, year is it? <laughs> oh, see, I think he looks more like a... Uh, oh, no, he's the hunter from Jumanji, not yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is he like the hunter from Jumanji or like a toy soldier from like some Christmas musical? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, um, whatever he is, his, his look is not successful. <laughs> it, yeah. It's like, it's, he, he's kind of like Captain Morrill. That's that's a is like yeah. his more he always has a moral he always goes wait a second he's either like really slow <laughs> or like really conflicted because he's like wait a second this is wrong he always, he said that like four times yeah and it's totally. like I would love to go to like I don't know like I I would love to go to like a soccer game with him and watch him like see someone take a flop and hold their knee and he goes wait a second <laughs> he's yeah. not hurt that's wrong <laughs> totally. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I think I was less concerned that it was rehashing 
um, because we never actually saw the Ryder Azadi stuff. And so I think that's one of the things that is redeeming about the series for me. Because, I mean, my my concern the whole time is that we're not... It's the same thing I was saying last week, is the floor is very high, but the ceiling might be low. Like, the, the highs of the series, the best parts of this series, haven't been that exciting, but it's always just been like a B-minus, B story. You know, maybe I think once I gave it like a C plus. Um, like, they're just telling solid story. And so, you know, I liked that. This is stuff that I like that is is hooking me is actually seeing the transition of power, actually seeing, you know, how bad people, good people can turn bad. And just with a little bit of a change in politics or power, which seems a little timely to us in our last couple of years. Um, Because, yeah, I put that in my notes that we talked quite a bit about how Lothal got taken over originally. You know, they said in this episode, the Empire is going to be here to help us, to protect us, to build up our economy, etc. And it slowly becomes a dictatorship. It slowly becomes oppressive. It slowly becomes, um, you know, people getting tortured, kidnapped, hurt. Um, And this is exactly what happened, like you said, with Ryder Azadi. Um, This... I didn't actually write his real name. I just wrote Senator Robin Williams from Jumanji. So I'm just going to call him Senator Jumanji. <laughs> um, he and you got the wrong character too. I love that. I know, right? Um, so that's why I'm calling. I'm calling him Senator Jumanji. He got captured and would have been kind of held imprisonment, just like Ryder Azadi was, um, and he might actually start fighting for the side of the rebels, which is kind of an interesting thing, just like Ryder Azadi. So yeah, I definitely see the parallels, but I like seeing the details of this. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. And I suppose we've never seen to your point, this kind of timeline, this, uh, this early Mm -hmm. on in the, uh, kind of the turn. It is cool. I think, I think I'm so thrown by how, caricature and cartoony the guy is that it doesn't work <laughs> successfully for me. Yeah. It's just like he's such a caricature of good like I I don't know it, that it it's a little too on the nose for me. It's there's nothing subtle about him. He's like he's like Ricolay to some degree. There's mm-hmm. like nothing subtle about Ricolay. He's always like this is Coruscant or like he like you know he's the, he's the yeah. character who has to explain what's going on. Like this new senator is just everything he says is so on the nose. Like mm-hmm. if you don't get a subtle shot at the end of him like stepping onto the Bad Batch's ship and looking back with confliction, and then like looking back to the ship and back to the town and back to the ship. Like even that's on the nose. But he like mm-hmm. has to have a moment where he's like, "Wait a second, <laughs> I need to." I and I am currently caught in a moment of moral dilemma between leaving my people <laughs> or living to fight another day for my people. What is the more moral choice? Like it's just so on yeah. the nose that I like. It's that. not like it's not successful. It's just like it's it's just too yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's bordering on not successful for me because he's such a caricature of morality. Yeah. His name is Senator Singh, um, so I just found that out. Um, I agree. I think you are right. I think the writing was very, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of show me, don't tell me. And, you know, he likes to tell you <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
That being I, said, I think the the one interesting thing I really did like was what you brought up is like he seems to be a good person. He's like, Captain, like, I'm going to do the right thing. Yeah. But if you think about it, he's kind of a bad guy um, yeah. from what we have learned about the Separatists. Like, that's something that I thought was an interesting exploration, and we saw it a lot with Echo. And, you know, Echo has a more reason to distrust Singh than anyone else because the Separatists are the ones who captured him and turned him into a cyborg and yeah. used him as, like, a robot calculation machine. Yeah. Um, and so he's still more stuck in the war and has more PTSD than the rest of the squad because he went through so much trauma at the hands of the Separatists. So yeah. I think it's almost like the, you know, it's that it's a cool moral question of, you know, how bad were the separatists? Like we saw this bad part, but is Singh actually bad or was he just trying to protect his people? Um, or if he was bad, can bad people still be redeemed and yeah. are they worth, you know, saving and what will Singh do after this that will help the galaxy or hurt the galaxy? I think those questions were interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's it's um or yeah I I'm op I'm open right now to this getting better. I'm I'll be honest. The bad batch is on a a trajectory for me currently that's not trending well. Um, it's I'm not it's it's I'm not as excited every time a new episode comes out mm -hmm. as I was for like the first four or five episodes. Every time I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. And it's telling that I pick to watch it at times that are like, I have nothing else to watch. Like, okay, I'm going to batch now. Like, okay, I've watched Loki. You know, that that's like, Loki is a show. When it comes out, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I have to watch. I have to yeah. watch. Like, like I'm, I'm so on the edge of my seat for that show. And this show currently comes out and I watch it, but it's not, it's not grabbing me. Something else funny. There was a funny moment when the Senator, speaking of, he's, he's quoting morality and he's talking mm -hmm. about the Empire. And um, he says of the Empire that they're, you know, the the laws that they are enforcing are quite draconian, which I thought was mm -hmm. a funny word, one, to <laughs> use, because it's a big word for a kid's show. And two, I, I'm sure this has appeared, I don't know if a such a stark historical reference to Earth has been made in Star Wars like this one has. I mean, the word draconian refers to Draco, who is the was like the first one of the, the first bad recorded, wizard in Harry Potter. Yeah, the bad wizard. It's Draco Malfoy. <laughs> yeah. Well, then Draco Malfoy was surely named after yeah. the ancient Greek, I don't know, senator or legislator who huh. overturned the court system and made the court system like all about, you know, it, it was a very harsh judgment system. The smallest crimes could be, you know, you could have you could steal a piece of bread and you could go to prison for life. Like if something is draconian, it means you take harsh punishment, you know, enforced by the court system. But I just thought it was really funny as like a <laughs> a former, you know, yeah, that like is student true. of of that kind of history. It's I'm like, whoa, okay, so are we canonizing Greek mythology or Greek mm -hmm. Athens history now? It, it was just a weird word to interject that pulled me out of the Star Wars universe. It would be like them saying like, oh, you're a real honest Abe. Like it's the same thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are, are you? Are, why are you invoking Abraham Lincoln in Star Wars? I am shocked the word draconian slipped through 
into uh into this into the bad batch one because it's a big word that i'm sure a lot of people don't know what it means and two the reference the stark reference to our history is weird very weird to me yeah that's fascinating because i mean i didn't know that's where the word came from um and so I bet it was the same thing. I bet they were just like, oh, yeah, this is just a word. We didn't, I don't know the roots of it. And so they just put that in. It's like, this is a word that means mean. Um, that's interesting. I mean, I think the only other thing I can I can correlate it to is when Han's like, I'll see you in hell. And this is a, I mean, this is a joke from Star Wars Minute. I forgot exactly who said it, but I always think about it. It's like, I'll see Paul, you in hell. Paul Rust said that, right? Oh, yeah. You in oh, Christian yeah. hell. Yeah, I feel like that's so funny. Well, there's another... Yeah. And Star, yeah, Star Wars Minute also brings up another one from Empire Strikes Back where they're stuck in the cave. They're in, they're, they're in the cave. They escape the Empire. They fly into the mm-hmm. cave. But they're in the mouth of the Earth, like the giant, the giant space worm. They don't know it. And Leia says to Han, do you want me to get out and push? Which is like oh, yeah. an Earth reference. <laughs> like, do you want me to get out and push the car because it's stalled and you want to? Like, yeah, it's a very Earth type reference. This one, the, but draconian to me was even bigger. Yeah, it was weird. That's funny. <laughs> I'll see you in Greek draconian court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's weird. So, but yeah. I don't know. That that's yeah. a total nitpick. You know, it's funny. We're we're sitting on you know the what is the main plot point, but there's a second kind of uh, plot happening with, mm-hmm. um, with Omega and um, space Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know her name. A Sid. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Sid. Yeah. Um, I thought that that part was more successful than the rest of the episode. I don't have a lot to say about it, but I thought that, um, like what I am liking about Omega and what is making it differential making her different to me than other child characters is that they are showing that she is not actually helpless. I made that joke in the beginning where it's like, if you're gonna be like if you're so helpless, then why'd they leave you with me or whatever? But like yeah. and she very quickly is like, I'm not helpless. And I'm gonna show you that I'm not helpless. Yeah. And she does that quite a bit. <clears throat> and I think that that's a cool thing. And this is even a good thing. It's like right off the bat, you know, when, when she kind of figures out that she knows the strategy to, to Derek, you know, Sid's like trying to get one over on her with an unfair price split. And she instantly is like, I'm not taking 30%. I'm taking 60%. And I'm like, okay, cool. Way yeah. to advocate for yourself. Like she knows what's going on. And, you know, it's like, I feel like even if Ezra had gotten that part where like Ezra could kind of scam all this money off of people, he'd be like, yeah, I got all this money. Let's buy some Jogan fruit. What am I going to do with this? And I feel like Omega is like, yeah, exactly. And Omega's already just like, oh, I'm going to pay off the crew's debt because yeah. I am a contributing member to this crew, even though I'm young, you know, yeah. she's, you know. There's the Mary Sue argument that always happens that like, it's just like, oh, she just has all her powers and blah. And I'm like, they're showing very clearly like, you know, she has skills. She's contributing. It's like something she's bred with because of her Django DNA of being like why she's so valuable that she like 
has something to offer. She's just not like yeah. some helpless like person that's just like all of a sudden like can like kill a bunch of people with a lightsaber and do all these things. You know, she's learning yeah. about herself and she's growing, which is cool. Um, and I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. She is the most intriguing piece of the story currently. Um, and there's, you know, I don't know what I would say is a, maybe a struggling cast of, of characters right now. And from my, from a certain point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I, it, it makes me very, I'm, I, there's, there's more to her that we don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think this episode continually hints at that. I do love how this episode ends because it's the most boring cliffhanger, <laughs> but in a kind of an endearing way, yeah. like it, it works, but in this oddest way, like they leave us with, with Hunter and Omega sitting down for a game of Jarek and mm-hmm. going, okay, show me what strategy you've got. And so I think something's going to tie back to this. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. But, um, it's an interesting little end, but I, mm-hmm. I thought it was, it, again, it was subtle. That was a really subtle ending. And I like, yeah. um, yeah. Also the draw, we saw, uh, who was the, um, who is Jumanji Hunter's Senator Jumanji Hunter's droid? Uh, that's like a. Oh yeah, it's like a droid from the. I forgot what it's called, but it's a droid yeah. from the original trilogy. But it's like a different color because we see him on the Death Star and they're black. Yeah. It's like the Ralph McQuarrie droid, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about Omega before we moved on, real quick, is just that. The other thing I want to call out, and I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes, is at this point in the show, like think about all the young characters that we are first introduced to. Ezra, Ahsoka, even Luke Skywalker. She is by far the least whiny and like helpless. You know, like Ezra was on his on the streets for a while and like could take care of himself. Like Ahsoka had, you know or Jedi skills. Um, Luke Skywalker could bullseye womp rats or whatever the hell he could do. Um, But like all of them were kind of just like, Oh, I'm like, I'm a little baby. Tell me what to do. I want to be a big boy. And like, try, I don't know. It was just like very like, like they had to be like pushed along by all these other characters and like they didn't have any agency for themselves. And so like, she feels the most defined so far of all the young characters I can think of. And so I, if that's where she's starting, I'm really interested to see where she's going to go in, you know, season two, season three, et cetera. Because, you know, as we've talked about with Ahsoka and Ezra, they gr- the best part about them is how much they grow. You know, I think Ahsoka is my favorite sidekick now, but I hated her when she first showed up, and yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of exciting for Omega's arc. Yeah, and maybe to simplify it, what a lot of those characters had to learn was was things like patience and yeah. wisdom and street smarts a little bit. And Omega kind of starts with those things. She starts like her character and this video game is already leveled <laughs> up on like street smarts and patience and the things it's it's So it's, I feel like with her, it's less about learning, but I think it's about others learning that she is capable already as opposed yeah. to her needing to do some learning. Um, and we see that I, I it's, <laughs> kind of a weird moment when, you know, Sid was like, she, she paid off your debt. And 
then Hunter's like, oh, I feel like a jerk now. And then uh, <laughs> what a wrecker walks by him and like shoulders him hard in the arm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I liked geez. that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I like that everyone just knows that Hunter's being a jerk. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. The other thing I thought about in this scene is what are the rules to Jarek? Do you have any idea? No, I don't. I, I thought about that the whole time. And I think with episodes like this, they're intentionally never going to define them because mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it, because I was trying to compare it to chess. And I'm like, okay, so so Sid had that guy in check in, in, in pretty much in checkmate the whole time and she didn't know. I'm like, okay, there's obviously some weird like kind of strategy here. I, I totally don't understand because it's like button, button, button. I win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they because they've always called it space chess. And from all the other times we've seen it, it seemed like it was chess. It was essentially like you go to the spot where yeah. you can get someone else's piece. And the only difference was it was like an animated monster and it would beat up the monster. This makes it feel like it's like video games too. Like yeah. you get in it's position to take them, but then you can also like dodge punches and like do a special yeah. move to take them out um so just yeah it's it's space chess space smash brothers combined yeah i also thought about that the whole episode (laughs) it was yeah it was hard to let go of i had to let go of it It was a suspend disbelief thing for me i was like okay totally i don't know the rules i'm not never gonna know that's fine it's one of those things that makes less sense the more detail you get like it made more sense to me when it was just like you see it on hans on the millennium falcon and you're just like oh yeah space chess okay I'm good with it. Yeah. But now that like they're fleshing it out a little bit and you kind of see the mechanics, I'm just like, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't know. They'll, I hope they never explain it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had only, I had a couple other notes and then some history that I thought was kind of fun. Um, but one thing I wanted to bring up is that I like how the clone troopers have gotten dumber now that they're evil. Like, they're all throughout the Clone Wars series. They were like the elite troops and they're yeah. like, they could take out all the dumb droids because they were so good at their job. And like this episode is all of them just being like, Hey, you there. And like walking down a blind alley and getting jacked or like just getting destroyed by a couple other clones. Like they are yeah. very stormtrooper. Like they even sound like stormtroopers. We brought this up. Like they don't have yeah. the accent of the clones anymore. Then at one point someone says a very iconic, you there sounds exactly like a stormtrooper. And yeah. so I think yeah. they have very clearly just like kind of jumped that step of showing the actual transition. And they're just like, okay, they're bad now. So now they're dumb. Yeah. It's odd. Um, also, very interested in the beginning, thinking about how the Bad Batch, when they're given this mission to go res- rescue the senator, how they don't want to because they don't want to help Separatists. Like, oh, yeah. Separatists? We don't want to go help Separatists. But it's it's interesting that they're kind of teetering in the middle. Like, they still see Separatists as, like, this icky group of people, but they're not a part of, you know, the Empire and the clones anymore yeah. because they've been manipulated. So they fall in this weird in-between and it seems like they're going to gain empathy through the for the separatists through the senator. Um, so I don't know. It's it's interesting to see this. It's just interesting to think about. You know, yeah, even modern I agree. Equ- equivalence to to like how asinine differences can be sometimes, and how you know, uh, minute that is. I like that. And another small detail that kind of shows that um, maybe they're wrestling with this transition and what it means to them on a moral level is I, I like how they still stunned the clones. Yeah. Um, 
you know, they are still their brothers. Even though they're coming at them with deadly force, they're still going to try to stun them because they understand that it's not their fault and they don't want to harm the people that they served with. And so I thought that was another nice detail. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I had a couple interesting history things. Um, yeah. So I thought this planet was kind of cool. Raxus. Yeah. It is cool. Um, cool architecture. It looks to me like kind of like a mix of Lothal and Naboo. Exactly um, what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And we mentioned it's very similar. There's a lot of parallels to Lothal in the slow takeover. Um, but this was actually the seat of the Separatist Senate, which I didn't know. It was the also known as the Congress or Parliament of the Separatists. They met on Ra- on Raxis, and I didn't know this, but Count Dooku was their head of state while also yeah. sometimes fighting in the war. So he was like... Big time. His family was big there. Yeah. So he's like uh, the president. I mean, I knew he was like the leader of the Separatists, but it's just, I guess for some reason, it seems much funnier to me. <laughs> Thinking about them all in this building with like Senator Jumanji, like around a table, yeah. being like, We need to do something about these taxes. Well, it's Let's pass a bill. If, when you think about Dooku and his regal, his very regal <laughs> character, you know, he, you know, you know, he's my all time favorite villain, too. Yeah, um, totally. It, it, it contextualizes Senator Jumanji Hunter a little better <laughs> to think about like, this is a very, this place has counts. And, and, and you know, it's the reason Dooku, I don't know if you, it never came out. You had to listen to it on audiobook. The the Dooku mm-hmm. book came out on audio, and one of the Dooku and ultimately leaves the Jedi Council to return to his family and take on this role to protect his home. Um, mm. So it's, that's uh, cool. It's an, inter- it's an interesting planet. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, some Easter eggs. The name Raxus is a holdover from Legends. Um, there was a world called Raxus Prime that yep. was in. Uh, the video game Force Unleashed, which is oh, yeah, dope. I remember. Um, and also the middle school young Boba Fett novel called Fight to Survive. Hmm. Um, Rex's Prime was a barren junkyard planet that has not been reestablished in canon, but maybe is part of this because it seems like there's sep- like this is the Rex's system. So maybe Rex's Prime exists somewhere out there. Yeah. Um, cool. Also, Senator Jumanji is voiced by Alexander Siddig, who is best yeah. known for playing Dr. Julian Bashir on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Wow. Hope, which is what I'm watching right now. He's also the Prince of Dorn, Doran Martell on yeah. Game of Thrones, the dude who is in yeah. the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Those are, I mean, I'm always going to try to, try to tie some Star Trek in here, but I mean, those yeah. are kind of the Thank Easter you. eggs that I have. Um, the last note I had, this isn't really Easter egg, but it's maybe something that could maybe signal that the last couple episodes might be different. So maybe hopefully they're going in that upward trajectory. There was a trailer that showed footage from this season before it came out. And this episode showed the last of that footage. So everything that was in the trailer was up to this point. So that means there's six more episodes and everything in those six episodes is completely new to the public. It didn't appear in any promo materials or any trailers. It probably wasn't complete at the time that that stuff came out. So, and also um, maybe some of that stuff is more heavily secretly guarded. Um, So We'll see. I'd be interested to see if there's any sort of tonal shift starting with the next episode to end out this season. Not only, yeah. 
Yeah. Did you have any other notes or thoughts about this episode? No, I think that's all of it. Um, talking about it has actually made me a little more excited for what's to come. So uh, Nice. Yeah. So maybe on that note, it's perfect time. How we end every episode is on a rating scale of our current most favorite sidekick to current least favorite sidekick. So I'll, I'll kick it off this week. You started last week. So my current least favorite is Jar Jar Binks. No explanation needed. My current most favorite is K2SO. Droid of Rogue One. Love him. I would give this episode a C.O. Bibble. <laughs> C.O. Bibble is a, a very regal, white-haired s- senator on Naboo. Um, and uh, he's funny. Who's he the sidekick to? Is he, is he Padme's kind sidekick? Padme. He kind of feels like Padme's sidekick. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I, I see like, that. Kind of like an advisor. He, that's what he yeah. always felt like to me. Like the hand. He always felt like the hand of the, the queen. Yeah. Okay. Um, C.O. Bibble is like a B minus. He's fine. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> yeah. just fine. I'm never bummed or excited to see him. It's like above average because it's in Star Wars, but nothing better. Not better. Too much better than any other kind of Star Wars. So that's what I give it. Cool. Yeah, my scale is my favorite sidekick is Ahsoka Tano, as I mentioned earlier. <clears throat> my least favorite sidekick is Jar Jar Binks as well, although I do love him, just not my favorite sidekick. Between those, I give this one an L337, who is the uh, sassy droid yeah, from yeah. Solo. Kind of the same logic. I mean, I think that's probably like a B, maybe a B minus. I like I like L3. I think that she's really funny. I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a genius. Yeah. Um, and I think it definitely adds to the movie, but I don't know if I'm like, you know, I'm not going to like buy like an L3 plushie or anything like that yeah. and like or get a model of L3. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm falling with this. And again, it's, you know, we're just very going down. Everything's kind of B's and C's. And so yeah. I'm waiting for some A-plus episodes. I know. They've got to hit. They've got to. Yeah. We're nearing it. Now that I know how many episodes there are, we need to start upward trajectorying right now. Yep. Or cool. do you know what? They could do two more. The last four, though. It comes down to the last four. <laughs> I'm hitting hard on the last four. Yeah. I'll give them two true. more sleepers. Two more sleepers. It's very uh, gracious of you. I hope that there aren't two more sleepers. But I, I agree that the... Usually with the animated series, it really ramps up toward that. And so it feels like the last four are going to be the the killer yeah. arc. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find us on the internet, yeah. Mike? You can find us at on Instagram. We're the most active at mm-hmm. Rebels Rebels Pod, as well as Twitter, much less active. Or you can email the show at rebelsrebelspod at gmail.com with haikus or inquiries or well wishes, anything you want to say on the air, send it to us in an email. We'll read it for you. Even if it's to talk crud on a buddy of yours. We'll shout <laughs> yep. it out. Send us your crud. Um, I do want to plug a, a kind of cool thing. Um, the, the theme music we mentioned is by, by it's a, it's a little ditty that my band and I made for our latest EP. And we were Boys. interviewed on a podcast called behind the vinyl pod. And we got into some cool subjects like uh, social justice and talking about, um, you know, the role of creativity during the pandemic. I thought it was a really interesting conversation. Oh, I had a lot of fun. It's me and the singer of the band. Um, so you can go to www.sorthumband.com and you can 
get a link to that episode. And also you can check out our Instagram where we're currently doing a, a, uh, March Madness style Blink-182 tournament. Yeah. So try to try to determine what's the best Blink-182 song of all time. Pretty disappointed with the way it's going, to be honest. Oh, I I feel good about it. Oh, okay. There's a, there's two in there. I was like, really? Those made it. Okay. Fair enough. that's all. That's all. That's all. I'm what's what? What song? What song do you? What songs are you? What do you think is the best Blink Twenty Two song? Oh, that's tough for me. It's between like Man Overboard or Damn It, which Damn It made it. Yeah, I love uh, Man Overboard, but people do not like it that much. It got wrecked in our poll. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I'm I'm shocked that one of the really big ones. What's like? What's like the first date well, up there? Oh, first date's like my favorite Blink Twenty Two song. But yeah. what's my age again? And all the small things are their two biggest songs, and I think they're the worst yeah. Blink Way two songs, yeah, that have ever I, come I, out. I agree. There's just a and, couple on there. I'm like, yeah. eh, I'm, I'm. Anyways, wrong podcast. Well, then vote. But I have been <laughs> Make through it. our through our pod through. You haven't seen Rebels Rebels Pod voting. That's yeah. me. Fair enough. So check those things out. And until nice. next time, take it out. Yeah. Mike. Oh, I thought you were gonna do it. Okay, nope. until next time. Be brave out there. And don't look back. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You always whisper that, and I have to boost it up in the mix. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Well, I've never known that. It's okay. Oh, oh.